Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers on the Y Millbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg uh, back in studio again with Pastor Dave. Welcome back in. Thank you, Craig. It's always a joy to be with you. Excellent. Um, we are still rounding out James. Yes, we are. In <laughs> fact, uh, I was just looking at it. Uh, this is our 12th week uh, doing a devotional study of James. And uh, just as I look ahead, uh, it appears that we're going to be here for uh, about three more weeks. Awesome. Uh, as we Actually, four more weeks as we uh, finish up uh, the study. Uh, I hope that uh, everyone has enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed in preparation and presentation. Well, it's fun. It's always a good time for, for me to to jump into this with you. So, Well, this I hope we, we have a good time today <laughs> as well. <laughs> We're going to give it a shot anyway. Uh, today I want to conclude chapter 4. Uh, by examining the importance of putting God in charge of your plans. Mm. Um, this is one of those passages that I find extremely interesting, and uh, I hope that uh, the listeners uh, will find it equally interesting because I think it addresses an issue that all of us wrestle with in our life. And the issue is the issue of our plans versus God's plans for us. I, I think I can confidently say that we all have a tendency to live our lives as though we are the captain of our own ship, that we are the masters of our own fate. And as we do this, uh, it occurs to me that we lose sight of the fact that we are actually not in control. <laughs> what? Uh, I had someone one time tell me that I was a control freak, uh, <laughs> and I respectfully dis, uh, disagreed with them. Uh, you took control of the situation. <laughs> I absolutely seized control of the conversation and steered it in a direction that wasn't quite as uncomfortable. Uh, I just, of course. But uh, we, we do, as we get in the process of living, lose sight of the fact that we're not in control. Uh the realization that uh, our life can change instantaneously sometimes is thrust upon us uh, by uh, unexpected joys, mm. uh, more, uh, more notably probably the unexpected sorrows mm -hmm. uh, that come to our life. And so with that in mind, let's look at our scripture today and listen to what James has to say to us as we conclude chapter 4 of the epistle of James. We're beginning our reading with verse 13. James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. Mm. Now, the first thing that I observe uh, in this passage 
is the reminder that James gives us uh, about how fragile life is. Uh, those who live in the upper Midwest, and of course we're talking Millbank, South Dakota, uh, can certainly relate to the metaphor that James uses to illustrate the fragility of life. Um, I love winter. Uh, when I retired, a lot of my friends and associates, uh, co-workers, thought I had lost my marbles when I told them that I was moving north to South Dakota <laughs> instead of uh, following the normally prescribed path of uh, going to Florida or Arizona. Uh, but I, I happen to enjoy winter. Uh, when uh, I was a younger man, I enjoyed winter sport, uh, skiing, sledding, snowmobiling. Um, uh, I enjoyed clearing snow. Uh, cold weather has always been something that I, I embraced. However, uh, if you live in a cold climate, you readily appreciate the metaphor that James uses, uh, and it's something that we are familiar with in the upper Midwest, uh, to illustrate the fragility of life. I love stepping outside on a, a cold winter's day, oftentimes taking the dog outside or uh, just going out to get the mail or whatever. Uh, and to exhale uh, into the coldness of the the climate that, that we so enjoy up here. Because when the warm, moist breath meets the cold winter air, there's a cloud that is formed. And it's briefly there, and I can remember as a little kid growing up in Iowa, we were so excited to see our breath, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we think about the wind and how it blows, and, and you can't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind, but you can't see it. But when you exhale on a cold day and you see your breath there, uh, that vapor that is, is there for that brief moment, uh, you get a glimpse of, of life itself. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't help but think in this moment that God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And uh, we, and we, when we are exhaling, are uh, giving evidence of life. Uh, we often describe uh, describe death as uh, they breathe their last breath. Mm -hmm. You know, and so to see our breath on that cold winter's day and that cloud that is formed uh, is a powerful reminder of life. But when we watch that cloud on that day, it disappears in a matter of seconds as the warmth of our breath gives way or is overcome by the cold air. James says, that is what life is like. In the light of eternity, our 70 or 80 year lifespan is really remarkably brief. Unfortunately, we live as though we have all the time in the world. We make our plans. We make our plans and they're based on our goals, our dreams, and our ambitions. Then we invest heavily of our time, our resources, and energy in the pursuit of our plans and goals. But James brings us back to reality in these verses. 
It occurs to me that over the course of our study here in James, I have repeatedly said that this epistle has been called by some the book of Proverbs for the New Testament. But what I would like to do today is take a look at the Old Testament book of Proverbs, as it also speaks of life, it speaks of our plans, goals, and dreams. And as we look at Proverbs 16, verses 1 through 9, I just want to encourage the listener to be alert to the themes which are present in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now, as has been the case throughout the course of this study, the scripture verses that I'm reading, uh, I have selected the New American Standard Bible as uh, the resource for our study, and I'm reading again from that translation. Proverbs 16, verses 1 through 9. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs weighs the motives. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. By loving kindness, and truth iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord one keeps away from evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. I, I just can't help but see the parallels there, and and I'm not going to go back and mark them out for you. Uh, I have great confidence in your abilities to, uh, to discern them as well. But I'd like to just summarize, if I may. Both Solomon and James point out that it's okay for us to make our plans. Neither one of them is saying that we shouldn't plan, and... Uh, you know, sadly, I know some people who uh, are Christ followers who think that they just have to fly by the seat of their pants and everything they go or everything they do. Uh, if they if they make a plan, they feel as though they're going against mm-hmm. God's will. That they're just supposed to say, "Holy Spirit, you lead me and you guide me." Both James and uh, Solomon said, "Make your plans." Mm-hmm but submit your plans to the Lord, because he's the one who has the final say. It occurs to me that the problems arise when the plans are made with no thought to God's purpose or God's plan. When we insist on doing things our way in our time, we risk becoming a modern-day Jonah, not just missing the mark with regard to God's plans, but literally saying no to the Lord's plans, purposes, and way. James calls this out as arrogance, and he categorizes it as sin. He says, for to know what you should do, and then to willfully do the opposite, mm. is sin. And, and that's 
very clear in, in what James is saying here. Let's look back at verse 15. He says, instead, you ought to say. Hmm. He's assuming that they know mm-hmm. what to do. They know the way. You ought to do this. But in your arrogance, he said, <laughs> you boast evil. <laughs> and and so uh, if we make our plans without any thought to God's purpose and plan, we are walking in arrogance. We are resisting the the call of the word for us to submit our plans to the Lord, and uh, literally that is sin. One of my favorite hymns, and and I have loved this hymn since I was uh, a boy of about 12 years of age, the first time I heard it sung in in a service uh, where the church my father was the pastor and uh, the woman who sang it had a, a beautiful uh, contralto voice, and uh, she often sang uh, special numbers. It was just buttery smooth with the, would be the way that I describe her <laughs> voice. And uh, even as a, a 12-year-old who oftentimes in the service was more interested in the girl sitting in front of me than what was going on and being said, I know that's hard to believe that any of <laughs> right. us fell into what? that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the first time I heard this song sung, it just stopped me in my tracks. And and even as a, a young boy, it, it resonated with me. Uh, the song is entitled Submission. It's by Charles Austin Miles, who lived between 1868 and 1946. He was an American writer of gospel songs who penned at least 398 wow. songs, including wow. the best-known song, uh, In the Garden, <laughs> his best-known song, In the Garden. <laughs> In the hymn Submission, Charles Austin Miles captures the truth that James states so simply here, and that is, make your plans, but Mm -hmm. submit them to God. And so I want to just share the three stanzas and the refrain uh, from this beautiful song. The first verse says, The path that I have trod has brought me nearer God though oft it led through sorrow's gates. Though not the way I choose, in my way I might lose the joy that yet for me awaits. Not what I wish to be, nor where I wish to go, for who am I that I should choose my way? The Lord shall choose for me, tis better far I know, so let him bid me go or stay. The second verse says, The cross that I must bear, if I a crown would wear, is not the cross that I should take. But since on me tis laid, I'll take it unafraid, and bear it for the Master's sake. The third stanza, Submission to the will of him who guides me still, is surety of his love revealed. My soul shall rise above this world in which I move. I conquer only when I yield, not what I wish to be, 
nor where I wish to go, for who am I that I should choose my way? The Lord shall choose for me, tis better far I know, so let him bid me go or stay. You know, friends, our greatest joys and successes will naturally flow out of submitting our plans, our goals, dreams, and our life to Jesus Christ. Life is so much more fulfilling when we walk in partnership with him. Hmm. I challenge you to do so today. That is tough, too, because, you know, there is that idea that if we choose the wrong path to take, then we're missing it. But this seems to to uh, allude to the fact that if we choose our path with the knowledge of God in that, then he can use it. I, I found the chapter in Proverbs 16 mm-hmm. uh, to be a resource that I've used throughout my career. Uh, at, a, at a very personal level, um, the, the question came to me in my first pastorate, uh, how did I know when it was time to to move on? Mm-hmm. Uh, that I had used my my gifts, my ministry gifts there. Uh, I had led them uh, as far as I was going to be able to lead them. Uh, that sense of feeling that uh, they had so much more to give than I was able to draw out of them, but also that I had more to give than they were requiring mm-hmm. of me, and. I came to this passage of Scripture. The, the thought came to me, you know, I could just go ahead and transition to another congregation and a, another fresh beginning and, you know, go through that honeymoon period where everything's hunky-dory and then get down to uh, the the work of the ministry uh, dealing with life and its various uh, expressions, uh, joys and sorrows. And in reading this passage— where it says, you know, a man makes his plans, um, but God directs his step. Uh, All of a man's ways (laughs) seem right to him. (laughs) God weighs the motive of his heart. Uh, And it's important that we always keep God's purpose and plan foremost. I never made a a sense, or I I never never made a, a career move without having a sense of his direction. And even when I didn't have a clear word or uh, a definitive sense that this is the right thing to do, uh, I would just always follow the peace of the mm-hmm. Lord. Uh, if I was at peace with the situation, I, I felt it's okay. Uh, I'll never forget, um, I had an opportunity. I was invited to uh joined the staff of a church where my son was a youth pastor. And uh, I had been a a senior pastor for uh, over uh, 32 years at that point in time. And I was feeling some restlessness in my spirit and and thinking that I had, after 16 years at this congregation, uh, given them everything I had to give, uh, you know, and that it was time for uh, for them to hear a, a fresh voice, they they weren't necessarily hearing the Lord anymore. That was just old Dave uh, talking to them, you know. <laughs> and uh, so 
I, I began to seek the Lord and pray, and, and I did not solicit an opportunity, but the opportunity was uh, presented to me. And the fact that I would be able to uh, work in the same facility as my son and live in the same community as my grandkids uh, really, really made it a difficult choice, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it was one of those cases where, as James said, that, yeah, we're going to go to that city, we're going to live there, and we're going to do this <laughs> and that. And and I stepped back and uh, with my wife, Dana. Uh, we both prayed and said, Lord, uh, you have to give us a definitive uh, direction here. And I came away with a sense that uh, he would bless mm-hmm. whatever decision we made. And I followed the peace in that sense then uh that was the indicator to me that this is the way god was leading and as it worked out uh it didn't work out the way we thought it would but it worked out for good and uh so uh we rejoice in that but always submit your plans to god Uh, it's going to work out far better Uh, just ask jonah (laughs) right so do you have an example of when uh, you had plans, and God said, "Nope, that's not it." Um. Yeah, but they're too personal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one there then. <laughs> oh, this is devotional thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers. Thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, as we work our way through James. Thank you, Pastor Dave, for giving us this word again. Thank you, Craig. It's a joy. We will see you all next week. Don't forget to tell your friends and uh, share this around. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.